Previously on the Jay and Dan podcast. Guess what I have to try on the podcast for the first time ever? Yes, let's get right to it. Filet-O fish. I love it. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Wow, you are devouring that filet. <laughs> uh, have you ever seen food before? Mm-hmm. I've been teasing myself for the last 30 minutes. <laughs> I think that a lot of people have been teasing themselves while it's self-quarantined. Mm-hmm. I just want to thank you for joining us because this has been pretty awesome. Dan's unwrapping another burger. I also got a cheeseburger to go with uh, my meal. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. You guys, unbeknownst to me, said we're going to do these mugs and, and Gino will sign them all. Mm-hmm. Ten minutes later, they say, Gino, they're sold out. I went, oh, that's cool. We sold like, I think they said like 1,500 mugs Mm -hmm. for probably two weeks. They were bringing boxes of these mugs by my office. Yeah, that's my signature. Mm -hmm. Where does Dan go? Does he just get up and leave in the middle? No, no, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. This is walk around. Yeah. It's I, not I thought it was a good story. Mm-hmm. And you kept leaving. Like, it was kind of rude. Like, you kept, you kept, and then you no, hear I... something being poured. Tom Brady's son was drafted today. You're listening to the Jay and Dan podcast. Brought to you by our friends at McDonald's. Oh, boy. That is delicious. It's the last Jan Dan podcast for April of 2020. So I, I'm going to assume that this is the most memorable April in all our lives. Looks like we might be getting the restrictions loosened on our stay at home. I have to say, so we've talked, it's the only thing to talk about is staying at home. Um, I mentioned how I'm sick of walks. But I'm not sick of walks because it's the only thing to do. And you look forward to it, but you don't look forward to it. Does that make sense? Well, it provides certainly provides a routine throughout the day. And I think routines, you know how they say routines are great for little kids. They like routines. I think in this situation, in this self-isolation, routines are probably good for us. So in the case of my wife and I, my wife. we have a routine where uh, the kids take two hours to go to bed. And then w- when she's done putting them to bed, because I'm useless, they don't want to have anything to do with me. Then we have a routine where we sit in front of the fire and drink wine. And this is something we never got to do before, Tulsi, because we would always be working at night. So it's a nice routine. So that's what I look forward to. I got to be honest, I haven't walked at all. I, I, don't, I don't walk anywhere. <laughs> There's a, a back alley behind us. That's where we hang out, and we like to fight the street gangs back there, downtown street gangs. You're the yeah. You're in the back alley boys, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm part of the back alley boys, and then there's uh, another group. It's called the Main Street Dudes, and sometimes they come into our back alley and try to you know stake their claim on our territory, but we aren't having any of that. And so, then you've got the yeah. and then you've got the garbage pandas. They're, oh gosh, you know I was out the other night late. I think I was actually getting uh, getting some of the getting something for you, Toolsy, out of the garage. Maybe it was a uh, maybe it was a saw or a, <laughs> or, or something like that. And and I could hear them. They're so t- they're almost terrifying because you know they're they're not going to attack you. But I saw a couple of them across the alley, and they just kind of stare at you with those beady little eyes, as if to say, "Yeah, what the f- are you going to do about it?" 
What are mm-hmm. you going to do about me attacking these garbage cans? They're just the worst, those trash pandas. Oh, I hate them so much. Ugh. I actually saw a beer at the LCBO. There's a trash panda beer. Oh, is there? That makes sense. Yeah, it has become kind of a... There's a, there's a whole depiction of a raccoon on top of a couple of trash pans at the Royal Ontario Museum now. So I guess it's officially become a part of the city, Dan. It's become... Uh, a part of the thing. Hey, can we just comment on Christoph's background here? And if you're watching on the YouTubes or whatever, Christoph is in the Chicago Bulls dressing room <laughs> because I assume he's watching The Last Dance a lot. Uh, Stop. Congratulations. How does it smell? Thank you. Uh, it smells terrific. It smells like victory. It smells like yeah. Bill Wennington's ass. If you've ever, I don't, I'm sure NBA teams have it the same, but in NHL dressing rooms, all the new ones, they have like, like airplane strength fans in there. So if you want good circulation, go in there because they uh, they suck the air that baby to dry everything up. But it's got to be, it's got to smell better. No matter how much new technology you have, there's nothing funkier than the smell of hockey equipment. And I don't care if you're a professional <laughs> and you're rotating those uh, elbow pads every two games, it's still disgusting. So I feel like a basketball basketball dressing room would be a little a little smell a little bit better hey we mentioned this on our um our tv show remember we are doing the tv show from our homes monday to friday in our usual 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 time slot also on the morning loop um and we had on uh uh alfonso davies um and he was talking about how they're practicing right now and he says no no one's high-fiving and stuff and keeping your distance so when sports do come back i raise this question like, are group hugs uh, a thing of the past? Like, is high fives, high five, are, are, is all that gone? Yeah, but it, again, you can't play soccer without, as a defender, you've got to try to make tackles and stuff. Then you're <laughs> making contact with the opposing players. If you're a hockey player, you're going to body check. If you're a football player, you're going to tackle the quarterback. Like, no, there's no social distancing in team sports. It's <laughs> not happening. So I still don't quite understand, unless they just decide, all right, we're not social distancing anymore. I don't quite understand how the NHL has gotten so excited about the possibility of coming back in four uh, cities only and having the players in a, in a hotel where they'll be quarantined and have them wheeled out and there'll be no fans in the stands. But they'll still be bumping into each other all the time. Wait, wait, why are they being wheeled out? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. I guess they can walk. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they've been sitting on their asses so long, maybe they don't want to walk. Um, what I was hoping to talk about, Toolsy, was uh, last weekend's NFL draft. Holy, I, I loved it. I, I thought, you know, our, our friend Peter Schreger pointed it out last week on Twitter. Better. Oh no! Are you okay? What happened? My microphone dropped. It's uh, a thing that holds it. It's all good. Okay. You okay? Oh yeah, I I didn't fall. It fell. Okay. Okay, so Schrager, what were you saying? Schrager just pointed out that you have first of all Roger Goodell, who you know at one time was even more, even less liked as a commissioner than Gary Bettman is. Uh, after this past weekend, everyone loved Goodell. Everyone loved the looks, the different looks, the changes of clothing, uh, how he got more casual as the weekend went on. He started off, he was standing up. 
And then by the end, he was sitting in that leather chair. He was slouching. He's like, I'm just going to make another pick. I, gotta, I need to sit down. It was very appealing. Like some of the attempts at humor were corny, but overall, I think it was a good, solid weekend for Roger Goodell. And then the other side of it is, and the best part, all the amazing things that we saw when they would go to war rooms, the Cliff Kingsbury insane house in Arizona, Bill Belichick's dog making his picks, Bruce Arians being so very Bruce Arians on a patio in Florida. I mean, that's exactly where that man needs to be. Everything about it was cool. And then you had the players with their girlfriends trying to snatch their phones away from them and and the moms and the dads and the clearly lack of self-isolation that was happening. But who cared? Because, <laughs> man, it was awesome to see. I think every NFL draft should be like that. And if I'm the NHL, I'm taking notes because we know that's that the NHL is going to have to do the same thing. How great would it be to cut to a kid's hometown in a small town, Saskatchewan? And you got mom and dad there, and you can cut to that so much better than having to walk, watch a kid walk down from halfway up the stands in, I don't know where the draft was going to be this year. I totally I have no idea where the draft was going to be this year. Maybe Vegas or something? Vegas, but yeah. you're, you know, you're, Vegas? Okay. So, you know, the kid always had to walk all the way down. It took forever. I never understood why they did it that way. This way, you cut right to the kid at home. It's so much better. That's what I want to see for the NHL draft. So I, I just love the tools. I don't know about you guys, but I just, um, I just they, they shouldn't have delayed the first pick so long. The Bengals, everyone knew what the pick was good. The the pick was in. They just they they played it out too long. They should have just got that pick out of the way quick. Um, and now I was saying on the TV show, I don't. The NHL should watch and see where they made their errors, like doing the funny things. And I'm like, I hope the NHL does that doesn't do that. But also, I hope the NHL does attempt humor because whenever the NHL awards are on, I love to just cringe at uh, the, the attempts at comedy. So the NHL, uh, I think it'd be great to watch if they tried stuff like that. They're ter- You know, the NHL just botches every award show so bad. And they botch every, every time they book musical acts for like an opening weekend. It's always a two bands that were popular 30 years ago and they mess everything up. That is so easy. This is what the NHL should do. Just, just watch the tapes of that draft. You're right. It took too long to get to the Bengals first pick, but that was literally the only thing I could criticize. Maybe having, you know, the fans booing Roger in the 16 boxes. We don't need that, but they tried something, but overall I just thought it was so much more fun to watch in this format. And if I'm the NHL, just copy it. Don't try to do anything different. Just have Gary in a beautiful... Gary Bettman, who's like this classic rock fan, make up a basement for him. Put all these cool classic rock posters up for him. Get a leather chair. Put him in a Zeppelin t-shirt. He's going to be popular after that weekend. And it would save the NFL if they did it this way forever, which they won't. It would save them money because they don't have to put on a big production. Exactly. It's... It was just better. I, I, I just, I sincerely think they might consider doing it this way from now on because it, it was just more watchable. It was just better. And you can't say, like they were having the draft in Chicago for the last few years or whatever. So it's not like they're, it's not like you can say, well, but then like in the NHL, they move it around from city to city and you can say, well, then that city doesn't get to have a draft. Well, in the NFL, you can't say that, right? They always have it at, at a big theater, Radio City Music Hall or whatever. 
So for the NFL, I think it's easy to just keep doing it that way. Maybe for the NHL, it's tougher because you have it in a, in a different city every year. But I just think it would be so much more watchable this way. Plus, plus Dan, plus this way, if the NFL, if the NHL did it this way, then you wouldn't get the 600 people coming up on stage with when it should just be the GM coming up on stage. Right? Yes. You don't, yes. You don't, you don't get Daryl Cates' kid coming up every year. You don't get uh, a bunch of you don't get the shout outs to the fans back at Looney Goonies uh, for the watch party. You just don't get all that stuff. You just have the commissioner in the basement and you just have the families. Boom. That's the end of it. I love that concept. Come on, NHL. I know you can do it. I know you can do it. You can pull this off. All you have to do is copy something that someone else did very successfully. That's all you have to do. You don't have to think. You don't have to think. You don't have to process anything. You don't have to come up with any original ideas. Just copy them, and it will be better than anything you've ever done. It's simple. We want to say a big hello to our watch party at Barry's Beer and Bingo. It's, I always love the restaurant names. Yeah, it's like Looney Goonies. It's like Goose Looney's <laughs> in St. Louis, Missouri's number one spot for wings. Uh, shout out to all the Blues fans watching there. And with the 70, and it's always like 18th pick. <laughs> You know, we take from Magnitogorsk in the KHL. Everyone's like, what the hell? And why why don't we ever have cameras at those watch parties? Because first off, I want to see right. the bar, and I want to see how many people are actually at it. That's actually a great point. If you're going to shout out the watch party, then then let's get a camera there. I, I just, oh, man. I just know they're going to screw it up because it's the NHL, and they screw everything up. Want to say hi to everyone at our watch party at Sammy's, Margaritas and Martinis, and Boca Raton. (laughs) There's no NHL team there, but there is a watch party in Boca Raton. Well, because we always have the GM meetings there, we thought we'd set up our watch party. (laughs) (laughs) But, no, I loved it. I thought it was cool. How about Cliff Kingsbury's pad in Zona? Whoa! That's going to be a rental. Yeah, he's uh, he's making good scratch, though. He could buy that. No, I'm not saying he's not making good scratch, but there's no way he's he bought that place. I feel like he's he's rented that place. Hey, you got a cat behind you. That's wrong. Hey, Ron, get, get, get your cat. Your cats absolutely do not listen to anything (laughs) you say. (laughs) But what cat does? Yeah, name one cat on earth that will come when you call it or do anything you ask. Totally, totally. They run the house and they don't give a f- this, what you said. This cat comes up to you, lies next to you, it purrs, you pet it, and then it bites you. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. I hey, um, I miss, I'm missing our yerba mate because we have cases of it at work. It's uh, the energy drink we drink. I can't get it out where I am, so I had to have a... A competitor for this one. I have to make a confession, Dan. When I went into work and got all our suits so we could have suit our Indochino suits for the TV show, I took all the yerba mate <laughs> and, and they're all in my garage. Were you like I was out getting the other night? Were you like Joe Pesci and just filling a garbage bag? No, I um, I don't know what I did. That's a great question. We should ask CJ Nikowski. He's joining us now. Beautiful. What a majestic, beautiful uh, backdrop you have there, CJ. Uh, gorgeous books and awards and booze. All my wives. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. 
how your setup does look exactly like uh, Cuomo's. Didn't you do like a comp on that? That's un- that's unbelievable. Are you in the right? Hamptons too? I am in the Hamptons. I have a majestic spread in the Hamptons, and we were just like, let's go down. No, it's just downtown Toronto, and it's a it's a hundred year old basement. It's uh, but but I don't know. You're right. It, as soon as I saw Cuomo's setup, I I said, boom, I got it. I got that. I got it. I know what I can do. CJ, is this your actual home? Is this your actual home office? Yeah, this is my this is my home. This is where I'm spending way more time than I expected to at this time of year. But yes, this is this is the spot. You have the perfect setup in Atlanta because um, you always post videos of your kids playing baseball in the backyard, and you can <laughs> launch you can launch bombs out there, so you got room to run around. We're grateful that we have some space here. We're, you know, if I, I say we're out in the country, real country people would laugh if I said we're out in the country. We're, we're kind of like caught in between of like suburbs and country. But yeah, we got some space, um, which is great. So we take full advantage of it. Um, I actually, we were just hitting some golf balls out in the batting cage, my wife and I, just a little while ago. And uh, weather's nice here right now. And I almost feel like I'm cheating. Like this whole situation. <laughs> I feel like I should be more miserable than I currently am. Right, right. Yeah, because normally you'd be on the road. You, so, uh, CJ, you are the uh, color man for the Texas Rangers. And oh, normally, so this is kind of unfortunate because you guys would be in the new stadium now? Or yep. is the stadium, it is done. It's, it would yeah, be ready. Globe Life Field was set to open up. We were going we to start on the road. We had a four-game series that was planned in Seattle. And then we we're going to come back and open up this new, uh, better-than-a-billion-dollar ballpark with a retractable roof, which means no more uh, Texas heat that's just you know sweltering and brutal. And unfortunately, it's, it's been put on pause. Oh, man, that's brutal. Have you been to the new stadium? I've been to it, yeah, but I haven't seen it since it's finished. So okay. we got we got to look at it well before spring training. I think I was there in February was the last time that I was there. It seemed like they were they knew they were going to be on time, but they were going to be cutting it pretty close. I did get a walk through the clubhouse um, to try to put in perspective for people. The Yankees for the longest time had one of the biggest clubhouses at twenty thousand square feet. Uh, this one is forty thousand. Wow! I mean, and that, wow. that includes everything. It's unbelievable uh, the <laughs> stuff that these guys have nowadays. And as their manager Chris Woodward said, uh, of course, Blue Jays fans certainly familiar with him uh, said, "Our guys have absolutely no excuse not to be prepared now." Amazing, amazing. Yeah. So, your thoughts on the Houston Astros basically getting away scot free now? It almost not- feels like it, <laughs> right? Matter- it hurts a little bit as a guy that calls games for the Rangers. You know, there was no tears that were shed uh, when this whole thing uh, went down. But I, I think they're still going to wear it. I actually talked to Steve Sparks the other day. He's a good friend of mine, does radio for the Astros. He said spring training was was pretty brutal. He said they were they were getting it really good. So it'll be softer. I mean, of course, there has to be fans there at some point, And I have a feeling we'll probably start the season without fans. Um, but I will tell you this. Rangers fans won't forget. Yankees fans uh, won't forget. Dodgers fans won't forget. But it won't be nearly as bad um, as it was. And they even benefit not only because there's a little bit of time off, but also just from a team standpoint, like getting some of their older guys healthy. They're in a pretty good position to still be pretty good this year, too, once we get playing. Um, CJ, when all that stuff came out, you talked to a lot of people in baseball. Yeah. Were a lot of people say when the Astros sign stealing stuff came out, did they say, oh, yeah, I knew that? Yeah, I think to some degree. There was always speculation. Some guys definitely knew. And it's not a surprise. I mean, in our game and go back, you know, decades, 
always trying to cheat, right? Always looking for an edge. That's nothing new to baseball. Um, there is a line in there somewhere. They definitely crossed it. And, you know, the thing about the Astros, like, they've been a really good organization. But over the years, these past few years, they haven't been making a lot of friends outside of the Astros. Like, and they don't care. They're unapologetic about it. It's kind of the way that they've run uh, business down in Houston. And they've been very successful. So who cares? If they want to kind of rub in your face and don't care about, you know, being a, a nice guys, you know, more power to you. Uh, but when something goes bad, everyone else is pretty happy to see your fall. And I think that's that's part of the situation that they were in. And they were just so blatant about it, too. And that's the other part of this. Like, it's one thing that everyone's always looking for an edge and trying to cheat. But the fact that you would do that right in the dugout and think that you were at some point <laughs> were not going to get caught, knowing how much turnover there is in our game, I mean, that's just ignorance. You deserve to get caught for that. Yeah, trash cans are not subtle. I mean, there's no <laughs> other way. Really amazing. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. So for you, you know, the way you spoke earlier in this interview, CJ, I get the impression that you are convinced we will be playing baseball this year, correct? I, I hope so. I really do. And I, and I think we will. You know, I live in Atlanta. And so here in Georgia, things are they're starting to kind of loosen the reins a little bit. What's helpful is that states that are trying to open up are baseball states uh, in Florida, in Arizona, in Texas. Uh, there's been some talk about maybe a three-city plan or a three-kind-of-area plan to open up the game. Every idea has been thrown out there, um, but I am encouraged by that. I'm encouraged by the NBA opening up practice facilities in states that has, have also loosened the reins on some of the stuff that's been going on with the coronavirus. So I'm hoping at the absolute latest, like first week in, in July, maybe we can get started even earlier than that. I think the guys are going to need at least three weeks of spring training. And depending on what plan they go with, I don't know if you guys saw that Arizona, Florida plan where essentially you go to your spring training site and we just have baseball in those two States, at least to start the year. It'd be fun because there'd be radical realignment if that's the way that we do it. And it is a way that we can get it done. It's also nice that baseball is open to playing regular season games in October and then maybe starting the postseason in November. So that'll get us an extra month. So I'm, 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 I'm optimistic. I don't say I'm confident, but I'm optimistic that we're going to play and it, and it could be something around 100 game season. Yeah, see, I said this in the last week's podcast. Of all sports, baseball's the, the best suited because of the length of the season. You can trim games and still have a legit season. It'll still feel like a long season. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably a hundred games will. You know, we'll still. Be, if we think about that, if we only play a hundred games, we'll still play more games than any other sport uh, by by a pretty good amount. So, it, what's going to be interesting is the different ideas that the league comes up with, what they're going to try to implement. It'll be. It could be a little bit experimental. It'll certainly be pushed back um, from those that have loved the game for a long time and are traditionalists. But we, we may see some things that end up sticking. Um, some more double headers. The thing about it is the players are motivated too because they're going to be prorated on their salaries. They're not going to mm. get their full salary. So they're going to want to play as many games as we possibly can as well, which would mean some double headers and, and whatever else we've got to do to make it happen. And I guess the, the concept, you know, we've been talking a lot about some of these other team sports, like the NBA, it's fine to say they're going to practice, but when you, you read the details, you know, no one's allowed to practice together. There's like four guys allowed in the training room at the same time off the court. And then you get players playing, like they're bumping into each other. Whereas in baseball, you know, maybe it's like you just point at a guy and he's out. You know what I mean? Like maybe there's no more tanging out. Maybe it's like, everyone, right? And maybe it's like six feet. You're able to maintain that distance. You're definitely pitcher to catcher. That's good. And all the outfielders are far apart and everything. Like, I mean, for, in some ways, baseball's really suited to, you know, continuing on in this kind of situation. I, I would love to see the video review for pointing a guy out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be a little awkward, but how about the idea of going to wiffle ball or kickball style where pegging is allowed? 
Right. I mean, yes. it was great in grade school. You could just throw the ball at the person. And if you hit them, they're out. Um, right. Maybe everyone keeps like a tennis ball in their back pocket just in case you want to do that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think hitting somebody with a baseball would necessarily um, work. But you're right. I mean, obviously, there's you know there's slides and there's some close plays here and there. and There is some contact, but nothing like any of the other sports. So I think that helps to some degree. I don't know if you saw that one idea that they threw out there about, you know, not having the home plate umpire right behind the catcher, maybe going to the automated strike zone, but then having that umpire kind of far off. I, I don't love that because the pitcher, or excuse me, the batter and the catcher still have to be close um, to each other anyway. So I, I think if it if it, it's that extreme, we're probably not ready to play baseball anyway. I mean, listen, who doesn't want to see, you know, Aaron Boone get in an umpire's face and spit all over him? Like, that's still <laughs> part of our game. I think we kind of need it. <laughs> I like the idea of, <laughs> I like the idea of if a manager and an umpire are going to argue that there are two designated, almost like on deck. <laughs> yes. like yeah. You know, or a six foot six pole apart. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, you know, just far enough apart where they can argue with each other. And then they, the on deck circles can be sponsored. Right. We can make some more money off of it. So Whatever it yeah, takes. we should call Manfred. We should give him a call. Cause I feel like we got some good ideas. Don't be great calls. Oh, they're in the argument circles. <laughs> well, listen, he is for sure the most progressive commissioner we've ever had i mean you see the ideas that come out of the office he'll listen to just about anything i i, I know he's taken a lot of criticism but i think he's done a really good job for our sport but there's no conversation he won't have so if i were you guys i'd pitch it <laughs> well oh, let me ask you this cj did you watch the nfl draft and uh, what did you think of the whole format of it because you talk about commissioners who were not popular roger goodell was as unpopular <laughs> as it got and yet I argued at the beginning of this podcast that he almost remade his image over this past weekend with his casual, several costume change, uh, relaxed basement approach to this draft, which I think was very successful. Yeah, it, almost as if he was a human being, right? I mean, I think that's <laughs> right. kind of like he broke that down finally. And when you make the kind of money that he makes and sits on top of a, a monster corporation like the NFL is, it's easy to be the punching bag, I think, for most fans. And listen, I think it goes for most commissioners. Adam Silver maybe does the best job and I think probably has the most fans uh, behind him maybe of any sport. You guys would know better um, than I would. But it's kind of what happens if you're a commissioner. You sign me up for that job. It's like, hey, you're making <laughs> so much money sitting on top of a huge empire. It means you're going to get booed or you're not going to be well uh, liked but I'm with you I thought they did a pretty good job it's kind of funny listening to people talk about like oh what's it going to be like to to have to be told that you were picked by somebody over the phone I'm like yeah welcome to the sport what the way sports were for the rest of us up till about you know 10 years ago I have a picture of me in a, in a pair of really tight jean shorts and a St. John's t-shirt <laughs> on a huge Zach Morris cordless phone you know talking to Jim Bowden of the Reds letting me know that he just picked me like it wasn't that long ago that that's the way we always did things I should, we should know these things. I should have an info sheet. What round did you go in? I was a first rounder. I tricked him. Like draft day was maybe my, my, the highlight of my career. Even though I played for 19 <laughs> years, um, I was ninth overall in 1994. Got what? Three, three picks ahead of Nomar Garcia Parra. Whoa. Oh. Got him. <laughs> well, speaking of your career, a uh, clip is making the rounds uh, when you struck out Michael Jordan. Yeah, I was fortunate. So after that draft in 94, having a very aggressive GM, uh, Jim Bow with the Reds sent me right to double A, which is not uncommon. You don't usually do that with your draft picks. You send them to short season, rookie ball, A ball, whatever it may be. But he put me right into double A, which just happened to be the same double A league that Michael Jordan was playing in. So I got a couple of starts against the Birmingham Barons um, that year. And then the clip that I just tweeted out uh, yesterday uh, was one that my dad just happened to be taking videotape of. And it worked out well. And he certainly is 
that didn't have a future in being a director or anything else. But he <laughs> zoomed in on Jordan, and he just got lucky that right as he zoomed out, and I ended up striking him out. You could see me throwing that last pitch, him swinging and missing, and he actually did um, a really nice job with it. But yeah, I got to face him a couple of different times, uh, struck him out a couple of times, and I, you know, anybody that knows anything about my career is not surprised that I also walked him three times. Um, <laughs> but I tell people all the time, it was the, uh, you know, again, of those 19 years, the one moment, even though it was in my first year, my first couple of months as a professional, that I was standing on the mound going, holy crap. I'm facing Michael Jordan, the greatest <laughs> basketball player ever lived. I mean, even though it wasn't the same sport, it was amazing. It blows my mind, CJ. And of course, like now that the last dance is on, it's like we're reliving it all over again. But I remember when he retired. I remember distinctly. I remember the Sports Illustrated cover. I remember being as shocked as anyone. What I don't remember is that he was only 30 years old. That's what blows me away. Yeah, and it almost seemed like he was older at the time, right? Because when you're young, yeah. I was 21 years old. I wasn't. I basically again came straight from college to that, so it seemed like he was much older, and he had so much that he accomplished. Which I know, love like people love to, you know, take these other sport athletes that try to play baseball, like Tim Tebow and Michael Jordan and others, and and try to make it seem like it's a novelty or what they're doing is a huge failure. Uh, but what he did at that age, having never played professional baseball before, was pretty amazing. You know, he hit three home runs. Uh, that entire year, he hit a home run in a game that I started. Uh, so I got to see one of those home runs live. It was in Birmingham. And I had three friends drive down from New York. You know, I grew up in suburban New York. And I had three buddies drive down 17 hours to Birmingham, Alabama uh, to watch me pitch against him. I didn't have a very good game, but they had a blast. Not surprisingly, they were hammered. And at one point, <laughs> one of my buddies stands up. You know, they, they always had good crowds there. But he stands up and he yells, hey, Jordan, Scottie Pippen says you suck. And on the next pitch, he hit a homer. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, just and my poor other like teammates. One of my buddies who was from Alabama was like, "Hey, were those your friends that were sitting up there right behind my parents, super drunk and cursing the whole game?" I'm like, uh, uh, "Unfortunately, yes. Those are those are my guys." Oh man, sounds like Toolsy's buddies from Peter. <laughs> uh, well, CJ, this was a blast, buddy. We really appreciate you coming on. My pleasure. I'm glad I didn't overdress. I wore my Doosan Bears jersey for you guys. It's a, a, a team in Korea that I played for. There's been a lot of dress-up going on around the house, man. It's yeah, uh, I, just strange I, times. I, I want to go see a Korean baseball game when this all gets corrected because you said it was awesome there. It's fun. Either one, yeah. Japan or Korea, we'll take them both. But uh, and listen, the KBO is going to start playing May 5th, so that's some good news for us as well. Chinese baseball is already playing. No fans in the stands. And I did see a really funny quote from one of the Korean players said the hardest part right now is not spitting because they've asked them not to spit at all anywhere. And they're having a real challenge doing that. Yeah, a lot of different parts of the game mm. like that. The the etiquette is going to change a little bit. That's that's true. I never thought about that. Yeah. So no, no more spitting. spitting. All right. Good Thanks, talking buddy. to you, my friend. All right. See you guys. Great to see you as always. Yeah, see you, CJ. See you, CJ. Um. I blew it. I didn't. I should have known he was a first rounder. I guess since we've known him this long, ninth overall. Wow, ahead of Noma. So we work uh, for background for people that don't know. We work with CJ at Fox. Man, is he a good broadcaster? He's such a talented broadcaster. Some there's certain like Tony Romo isn't like that in the sense that Tony Romo was a, like a revolutionary broadcaster the way he predicts calls and stuff. But CJ is so smooth and has such an amazing delivery and voice. 
that it's as if he didn't play any sports and he <laughs> just went to broadcasting school and took voice lessons and then became a broadcaster. But no, it's you're right. He's an excellent broadcaster. Yeah, I, I mean, baseball's got a chance, I guess. I don't know. I don't know why I'm such a skeptic. I just I, <laughs> I question all of this. Like I, I, I love the optimism, but I really question all all of this. Well, I was talking yeah. to someone about all this before, and they're like, "Well, how? What do you think's going to happen?" I'm like, I don't know. I've never lived through a pandemic before. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. That is a good point. Hey, shout out to my local home hardware uh, on Ossington, just uh, just south of Dundas. I got to tell you, Dan, that home hardware had the whole shop at a store thing down beautifully today there was a lineup to get in a lot of contractors needed to get their stuff i all i needed was something for my toilet because i destroyed it and i lined up like everybody guy spots me in line comes to me says what do you need i said i just need a little cap for the toilet he's like yep we got that no problem i get to the front of the line like 10 minutes later he's got it there for me i walk in pay i'm out of there they were so efficient they had it down Maybe this is how things should be. We should just not be allowed to shop in stores anymore. People can just fetch things for us. Oh, I know. It's much quicker. By the way, if you <laughs> if you get a job at home hardware, do they like confirm that you own a home? Do you have to own a home? Because it's homeowners helping homeowners. Yeah, like what if you're a renter? <laughs> Sorry, butts. Get out of here. What if you're a renter, but you're like super handy and you know all your master crafts and all your stuff, you're all your tools, you got it all down. And they're like, okay, just last question. Um, <laughs> do you have a mortgage? And you're like, no, man, I just, I'm just, I like to rent, you know, I like to invest on the side. Sorry, we, we're going to have to go with Jim because, uh, and he doesn't know anything about toilets, but we're going to have to go with him for sure. Um, but no, no, I own, you know, you blew it, kid. Too late. You're done. Too You're late. finished. You're, you're finished. It's over. So yeah, that was. But that was interesting talking to CJ. That's uh, unfortunate. But that stadium is going to be so cool. It is amazing that they built retractable roof stadiums in places like Arizona and Texas because it is too hot, as opposed to Toronto where they built it because it was freezing. And um, I would have seen them. I believe the Rangers had an early series against the Jays here, and we had already lined it up. Like, okay, my kids and I were going to go to the Saturday-Sunday game. So what have seen CJ? Because he, he's the one who got us uh, the Joey Gallo balls last time. And he became my kids' favorite players. Joey Gallo launching bombs at batting practice. And uh, CJ had him come over, give them uh, some balls. and Joey Gallo balls. Another thing CJ mentioned, and I didn't want to interrupt his flow, but, you know, when he talked about pegging, Pegging means a whole other thing now. <laughs> I don't know how aware CJ is of that, but uh, <laughs> pegging has a whole new meaning uh, in this day and age. Uh, we're brought to you by McDonald's. <laughs> Are we calling uh, Mike? Five minutes later. Oh, there he is! Holy jumping stuff. I don't know how much you're going to keep of what just happened there, but uh, for the uh, the podcast audience, that was um, four grown men just failing at the internet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was wild. Good to see you, buddy. You look great. Oh, you're quite the liar, but 
Thanks. I'm hanging in there. Um, this is your first appearance on the podcast, which is amazing because you appear on our television show every week when the television show is in a normal state. Yeah. Uh, you are an NFL insider from the NFL Network, but we met you when we all worked at Fox. Um, maybe we could start just with going back to that time. Uh, your first <laughs> impressions of us when you first uh, met us at Fox. Magical time is, is what I refer to it as. Uh, and I thought, well, boy, these are two serious, uh, boring individuals who provide nothing but straight information. No, I, I thought, listen, I, I thought the idea was great. I, I thought, you know, given more than a day and a half to let the format actually, you know, develop into something, it might have been something. But, you know. It, wait, it, it, wait, Mike. Mike, that's a lie. The format of that original show never would have worked anywhere in the universe. <laughs> well, let me put it to you this way. When I got hired, well, should I be saying this stuff? Yes. Uh, when, I got hired, when I got hired there, I won't say who said it, but when I got hired there, someone said, uh, here's the way Fox has been, is now, and will forever be. If you don't like something, don't worry. It's going to change in three months anyway. And I said, yeah. oh, okay, good. Yeah, so. that, that's such a great point. I mean, yeah, things would change. And, and, and you didn't really know who was making those changes or, or <laughs> because it seemed like there were, there were more people in charge, and I'm using air quotes, than there were on the television show. And there were a lot of people on the television show. <laughs> there were. There were. And there were so many behind the scenes. And I thought, okay, that guy's important. He's making the calls. And next thing I know, it was the other guy the next day. So yeah. You know what we, we should have done on that show? had like a two-minute intro where each night, Gary Payton, and then we bring them all out like for two minutes every night. That would have been amazing. That may have worked. It, it, it may have worked. But listen, we created magic every Sunday night. We had a little uh, give and take and uh, recapping the day in the NFL, and we had some fun with it. And I thought, this is kind of fun. This is what people want at the end of their Sunday. You know, yep. they've seen the highlights. They don't need the stats, but let's break it down and let's have some fun with it. So uh, that was probably my first introduction to working with you guys, and it was a blast. Well, I'm really glad that you've continued to work with us uh, on the new show. We have so much fun with you. And, um, and so the NFL draft, Mike, going in, I guess my first question is going in, knowing that they were going to do it the way they were going to do it because they had to, did you expect it to be a disaster? Um, no, because they had their, their fail safes in place. Um, you, you could, you could send the, uh, info through the Microsoft teams app. You could do it on, I mean, everybody's on a conference call. You just unmute your line and say, we take Joe Burrow. You done deal. You got Joe Burrow. The only thing I thought that might be tricky were, were the trades. And I thought at the beginning of the draft, when you didn't see trades through the first 12 picks, I thought that, you know, maybe that uh, that was because of the draft line. It just turns out that there just wasn't uh, weren't deals to be made. Uh, teams wanted more to move back and all those things. And, and so there weren't any te technological issues. But the week or the, uh, a couple of days before when they did their mock draft, Everybody made a big deal of, oh, it started a half an hour late and we've got it. Uh, we're all ready. And, and, and by the end of it, it was like, OK, everybody figured it out. It worked out. And, and a league source said to me, there's a reason for the dress rehearsal. When the dress rehearsal has a couple of glitches, that's why you have the dress rehearsal. So right. 
I thought it would be smooth, and, and it turned out to be smooth because it, it still is 2020, uh, even though we had a problem connecting with Skype here. You know, yeah. we're a little perhaps if we were running the draft, there would have been problems, <laughs> but the people in charge got it done. Now, Mike, some skeptics say, oh, there was there were no big trades, there are no big uh, moves because everything was scripted. They didn't want anything unscripted. It was all pre-planned, so they knew everything was going to happen. Is that correct? I don't believe that's correct by any stretch. Um, and, and listen, I do think the scouting process itself uh, was affected. Now, I, and I've said this to folks in the league who were complaining leading up to it that, oh, we're not going to have our time with these guys. We're going to be making educated guesses more than And I said, listen, for as much as you learn about players and make the right call because of how much time you spend with them, It'll also save you from making the wrong call because sometimes you'll have a meeting with a guy and you'll fall in love with him or some guy will run at his pro day and I'll have a great day and just everything clicks. It's like, you know, that that girl that you meet at the bar and then you go out one time and you go, what are we thinking? Like, we're not we're not meant for each other at all. So (laughs) by not having that that moment where you I said, as much as it's going to hurt you in the scouting process, it's going to help you as well. So I I think that some guys didn't fall in love with guys the way that they may have uh, done through the regular process. And maybe that affected some of the trading. I I don't none of that seemed scripted to me. As a matter of fact, they would have welcomed more drama uh, in the top 10 as far as teams. Yeah. Well, it was interesting because our mutual friend, Peter Schreger, uh, the day before was sort of setting it up, right? Saying, man, if if the Dolphins or the Chargers don't take Tua at five or six, he could have a Brady Quinn, Aaron Rodgers, pick your quarterback of the past, like fall down way further than we thought he would. And yet that didn't end up happening at all. Everything was kind of predictable. It happened five, six uh, like most folks were predicting, I, I thought Miami was going for a tackle. Uh, yeah, sometimes you, you hear these things and you don't know where to separate the fact from the fiction. The good part about that, though, Jay, is I said it early and then a bunch of other people said it and people were talking about Miami trading up for a tackle. So everybody forgot that I was the first guy to say it. It was great. <laughs> I had so much love. Um, and listen, I, I, I love the draft. It's a great event. I hate covering the draft because there's just so many lies at least with free agency or the regular games or whatever let's stick with free agency teams have to show their cards because they have to start courting the guy before they're really supposed to by the way but other story um but but that allows you to 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 grab onto facts whereas there's really no upside for any team to tell anybody what they're doing in the draft and so it's basically playing detective and i'm not a detective i have i have a um name for your next book the liars club inside the nfl draft that's it yeah the the truths very few truths and many lies of the nfl draft Forward now, by Dan O'Toole. <laughs> <laughs> he did. A, he did my forward in my book. It, it was one page. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Got one, one page. And, oh, and the forward, yeah, the forward is about a movie that Jay had not returned to me. The B movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Number two or number one? Number no, one. The, fir- the first one. Yeah, the first. One. You uh, know, he, he did the second one. Schrager did the forward of the second one. He did. I, yeah. I, of course, I knew that. I read both of these books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Well, I got you got Carissa Thompson saying I fell in love with Jay Unright. That's all I'm reading. I'm, I'm not going to finish that. <laughs> she fell in love that, with Jay Unright. That made my. That's my career right there. That made my career. Just hearing her say that. Here, no, Mike. Yeah. Well, well, here's 
This is great. <laughs> Forward begins. I'm actually very surprised you are reading this right now. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, um, another thing our, our buddy Shregs, uh, I don't think he was the first to say it, but he agreed with it. I wish I could remember who said I think it was one of your colleagues at the NFL Network said on Twitter that they thought that the problem with the draft this past weekend is that it went so well that they can't go back to the old format because people, and I'm counting myself among these people, Mike, I loved seeing the families in their homes, the reactions, the girlfriends trying to steal phones away from the players, the, you know, the, the, the coaches in the war rooms, Cliff Kingsbury in a house that looks like it's, uh, it's being rented out for a porn set on the weekends. It, it, the whole thing was so compelling and so much more compelling than having it in Radio City Music Hall do you agree? Does the NFL have to continue to go with this format, or will they just not? Is that just a stupid idea? Well, I've got good news for you, Jay. They're gonna get you're gonna get that element going forward. Um, wow, nice. You are, you are, and not listen. The teams will be back at the team facility. Um, they'll be back in their war rooms. Hopefully, I mean, listen. Hopefully, who knows what's coming? But hopefully, um, but. The, the the prospects that don't get there, you'll you'll get that home. I mean, they, they know that that really registered uh, with a lot of people. It led to some really awkward. I mean, you talk about that moment with the cell phone. Uh, I'm not even getting to the part where who was it? Was it uh, Jacob Eason came out shirtless with his yes, girlfriend right. behind him? By the way, the Brable household. What are the Brables doing? That what is dude, happening there? That dude. Uh, whoever was in the background, okay, he was he was doing this one right here, number two. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> how, how are you on the can when the, you know the team's pick is coming up? <laughs> uh, I thought honestly, it looked like um, what the hell was that awful? The Brooklyn Shuffle? No, the Brooklyn. Uh, oh, remember where everybody would stand still? And then the, the beat would drop and everybody would just... Oh, the, 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 yeah. We did one of those in the newsroom. Yeah. The, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, what God. was that? Oh, Harlem God. Shake. Harlem, Harlem Shake. shake. That's yeah. I had the wrong borough, Brooklyn. <laughs> Thinking where Schrager lives. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was... And, and, and C.D. Lamb grabbing the phone and saying, uh-uh. Yeah. The, 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 when he said, you got it all wrong... The replies to that tweet, yeah. I must have spent an hour and a half just going through. The <laughs> so here's the, the one problem you're going to run into, though. People's living rooms are going to look like a NASCAR because they'll all sell sponsorships in behind them and stuff unless the NFL says, no, keep it uh, homey. They, but they already did that. And a couple of people snuck a few through. I don't even know if anybody noticed. Uh, Tua's parents were wearing Hulu shirts, but it didn't say Hulu. It said something like sports, whatever their slogan is. Something sports now or whatever it was. Right. Hulu, Hulu. Hulu does sports now or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And it was in the yeah. Hulu color. So so they snuck his marketing agent by the name of Ryan Williams uh, from Athletes First, which is the, the firm that reps players. And he reps players, but he's his marketing guy. Uh, he got that one done. And then Tua had a, a commercial the next day with Verizon, who might be a league sponsor, where he was FaceTiming everybody. So there were a couple. Somebody else had um, – Somebody had beats on instead of Bose. Bose is the official sponsor of the NFL. So the NFL had reached out to these guys and said, don't do that? They told them ahead of time, yeah. Got to be an official league approved sponsor. And 
and and the, uh, Tua and his parents backdoored that one. They they uh, <laughs> they didn't put Hulu on the shirt. They put the slogan on the shirt. And yet, and yet, they managed to get Bill Belichick to cover up the apple on his computer. So you know, it's kind of a you win some, you lose some situation. Did he? I didn't yeah. even know. I was I was looking at the dog the whole time. I didn't notice. Yeah. <laughs> cute dog, cute dog. Um, what a what a so, weird table, by the way, huh? I know, I know. Was he just in the dining room? Like it's just it's there it yeah, is. There ah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> looked like a that it looked like a little cross between chess and backgammon, maybe. That's what you meant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, Mike, how's your uh, quarantining been going? Oh, uh, we've been uh, we've been getting it, it, listen. The weather has been awful, um, which I don't know if that's good or bad. Like. Some days I think, okay, I'd like to get outside, but but maybe it's bad because, uh, you know, whatever you believe in, someone is is making sure that we stay inside and stay safe. I don't know. Uh, it's supposedly finally going to warm up as we get uh, closer to May. I, I feel bad for my daughter. She's two and a half. She's got a ton of energy. Uh, she's bouncing off the walls of the house. We're trying to entertain her. We've got an indoor trampoline uh, that I, you know, we jump on that and then jump over the couch. She's getting uh, her. She's becoming a daredevil. We do this thing where I put her up, <laughs> I put her up on the headboard. I don't know who started it. I guess I started it. I put her up on the headboard of the bed. Well, certainly she didn't start it. She didn't know what I think about. So I put her up on the headboard and she jumps off and, and she would jump off and I kind of make sure she landed softly. I started this maybe three days ago. Today she's jumping off, legs in the air, you know, full. Whoa, so ball. she's she's going Jimmy Superfly Snooker onto the bed, yeah. <laughs> and just and and by the way, Superfly Snooker, she's got the hair that you know, the curly hair. So I got a still shot. Let me. I I didn't mean to even take it, and it's awful because it's out of focus. But I looked at it just now, and I was like, that's a really cool shot. She's and, a future uh, future WWE diva. You can get that. Yes. Look at that. That's the shot right there. <laughs> Mid-flight today. That's perfection right hey, there. Hey, Mike, That's we perfection. have the same headboard. We do. <laughs> we do, yeah. That's got to be a what? Uh, uh, West West, uh, West Elm, maybe? One of those stores when I had money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awkwardness. You know, um, but but you're okay, Mike. You are because you do all these hits for us uh, from your home. You know the maybe it's been a little easier transition for you doing most of your stuff from home, perhaps. Um, it's been yeah, and people say, "Boy, your background's great" because the the bar has been lowered because most <laughs> folks aren't used to working from home. And um, Colleen Wolf, my colleague at the NFL Network, said, "What am I supposed to put in the background?" I said. I don't know. It's mostly books that I haven't read. I'm getting to yours, Jay. We're going to get to yours. <laughs> but, but these, I read that one. Uh, I, I read that one, Namus. There's something uh, about a bookshelf, though, right? I think it's like it gives you a little depth, a little visual depth. I actually bought this dog um, years ago. So I bought this at, I think, TJ Maxx. And my wife, <laughs> I met her. And uh, probably before we she even moved in, uh, decided that a lot of stuff was going to say say bye bye. For some reason, <laughs> she liked this, and it really I like it. it. It's great, but she, it really had no sentimental value. I, I've never had a dog. Um, I I don't particularly love it. Uh, it's not like oh, I, you can't throw this out. It's it's I've had it. I just had it for a couple of years. She liked you know, it. Mike, it, it can also be a weapon. The Prime Minister of Canada once defended himself from a break-in with a uh, like a sculpture of a duck or a loon. So who, um, 
who broke in? Was he was he prime minister at the time? Hey, yeah, oh, yeah. John Chrétien. Yeah, and and they uh, they made it past the crack security team <laughs> on the main floor, all the way. Uh, they got all the way to the bedroom, and I think the uh, the prime minister's wife actually uh, thwarted the thieves by shutting the door to the bedroom. So. <laughs> I feel like you shouldn't get that far, right? No, no, you really shouldn't. There's probably stages of where you should get. That's not one of them. No, it's it's not our not our proudest moment. Uh, that's for sure. Not our proudest. Moment. And the question is: Are you a burglar? No. Okay. No. <laughs> that's that's an assassination attempt in Canada, right there. That's something. There you that go. There you shut, go. Just shut the door. Um, all right, Mike. We uh, we gotta let you go, but. Um, Again, we want to get you back on the TV side of things real soon. So hopefully everything kind of starts to return to normal because we miss we miss having you on. Would would love to. Um, the, the camera's working. There, I give credit to all our technical people, and uh, I don't know if you want to give credit to yours. I guess that's up to you on on, on your end. <laughs> um, but but I give our you know I give our folks a, a ton of credit for finding creative ways to get it done. We we've we've. Uh, we're wearing official sponsor of the NFL Bose uh, earpieces because our IFBs don't work the way that we're doing things. And it's a real technical thing. And so we've got these things where I kind of look like Frankenstein if you put them both in. Okay. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. so the folks are saying, you know, at home, yeah. you look you look ridiculous. <laughs> things in. And I'm saying, do you really think we want to have these things in our ears? But that's the way it's working right now. You can either have no football, talk on TV, or you can have Frankenstein. That's right. That's right. And you know what? And we're and we're fortunate because uh, there's lots of people in our business who aren't working right now. So uh, yeah. yeah, I'm just I'm just happy we can still do this kind of thing. I'm happy uh, we can have you on and talk a little uh, little draft and a little. Uh, doggies from tj maxx for our canadian listeners tj maxx is the american winners uh, or yeah. or or winners is the canadian tj maxx there you there go you go. there you go I, and and, and uh, i don't know if they have any bows there but uh if you find any of those pick them up because people love the look of the uh, frankenstein i think i might uh tomorrow just put them in and go mm. <laughs> <laughs> just do it and see if anyone noticed <laughs> no one will be any the wiser Hey, Mike, before I let you go, Daniel Jeremiah, was he the breakout star of the NFL draft? I thought, uh, you know, a lot of people who uh, were tweeting about how great DJ is um, were probably, you know, exclusive because ESPN and, and, and we and ESPN have separate broadcasts usually. Um, and, and folks are dedicated to whichever one they pick. Uh, of course, whoever picks NF, uh, ESPN is wrong, but you know. <laughs> uh, but but those guys who got the chance to see DJ uh, were you know truly understood. I, I thought I told him I said for all the great information you provided for three days of the draft, your best moment was when uh, God, who took the long snapper? Was it the Dolphins? Somebody took a long snapper, and they went to DJ, and he goes. I got to be honest, I haven't studied this guy. <laughs> Great. Nobody expects you to study the long snapper. Nobody expects a long snapper to go in the fifth or sixth round, whatever it was. Uh, so he's just, he's a great guy. He's, he's just a, an incredible teammate and uh, unfortunate circumstances that led for him to get more exposure. But I, I'm glad more people realize what a rock star he is. I mean, you're you're getting a lot of, uh, this guy is a future GM talk. I mean, that's a talk about a meteoric. A breakout performance. But that's how it happens. I mean, you know, Mark yeah. Davis, 
sees John Gruden on Monday Night Football talking and says, I want that guy. And, he, and then he sees Mike Mayock and says, I want that guy for my general manager. Although, you know, Gruden, yeah. Gruden was the, the conduit for that one. Um, and I, John, John Lynch in uh, San Francisco. I've had guys who, um, you know, uh, coaches or, or, or personnel guys who get fired and they're out of a gig and they say, hey, can you have me on? Because I, I think it's good for me to get on TV. I said, probably is. It's been happening, yeah. right? And, yeah. and Lewis Riddick, um, who was a lower level personnel guy, uh, got fired, went to ESPN and now the fans are like clamoring for hire whenever they have a GM opening, hire Lewis Riddick, please, for my yeah. team. And when he interviews, everybody's like, oh, what a gene, you know, because because that's the guy they see on TV. And, and frankly, you might think these owners who are, you know, three billion dollar franchise owners would be different than the average viewer. You'd be wrong. Yeah. yeah getting uh, getting back to coaching is how NHL coaches do it here. They uh, just get on air. That's it. You know, maybe maybe someone will hire us one day. I don't know who, who would have Not what role, but, you know, I'm down for it. Chuck E. Cheese uh, greeters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just at a Chuck E. Cheese before this all went down. That's probably why the pandemic started. And, um, and uh, I was so impressed with the staff there. I couldn't work there. I'm not, like, I'm not even joking. They were so organized. They were so, so impressed how they – Got all the birthday parties. There were like six of them going on at once. Yeah. They were so so calm. And they're like, no, this is what we do every day. So, yeah, yeah we can't even do that. Dan, we can't even do that. I, mean, <laughs> I guess you're right. This. And we're, there's uh, like snot and poop yes. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, what Chuck E. Cheese are you going to, Mike? <laughs> New Jersey. Obviously the New Jersey. <laughs> not the most hygienic one, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Mike, uh, stay safe and uh, keep, uh, hey, keep getting your daughter to take those top rope leaps because the WWE, the ladies are the stars now. So yeah. uh, she's hey, listen, got a great future. That's that's the only thing going right now, right? I think they're yes. still having their events. So yep. uh, right now that might be the, the, the best path to, to stardom, right? And, and the 24-7 title that Gronk is holding currently still <laughs> up for grabs, right? So she's just got to pin him. That's all. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Gronk. Great time for that. <laughs> it is. It's listen, and and I he he'll he was slimmed down. He'll bulk up. He'll get back yeah. to where he needs to get. Um, it'll be successful. Uh, I. What's funny? I had a conversation with. Uh, I don't remember. No, it was a league executive. Yes. Uh, who team executive? Who said that? You know, he's been having conversations, and he said, "Look, it's either." Super Bowl or or failure for them, right? Like you, you don't yeah. get Tom yeah. Brady go. Oh, cool! You know we made it to the second round of the playoffs. Like no, it's 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 pass fail. Okay, there's no in between for uh, uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers this year. And they've got Godwin and they've got Evans and they've yeah they're loaded on offense. They're just they loaded the on offense. They've got the pieces. They added to the offensive line in the draft. Um, they, you know, they've got good players on defense too. I mean, we're going to talk so much about the offense. They've got good players and pieces and Todd Bowles is a good defensive coordinator. Um, it, it's going to be fascinating. So please, please start on time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, just, in charge. You go from Belichick to Arians. I know they're like similar ages, but man, Arians just seems like he would be at a Jimmy Buffett concert. Yeah. Every cool night dude. If he wasn't working. 
And Belichick is a total – like, it'll be so weird for Brady, I feel like, because it just seems like Arians – but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Arians runs a tighter ship than, I, than he, he appears to. I'm going to – my wife's never going to watch this, but I'm, I'm in my, my ninth year of a uh, happy, successful marriage. But, you know, theoretically, after 20 years, <laughs> you, you, you want somebody who's a little different, right? You're going to want – I get it. Loosen the reins a little bit, right? I mean, I don't want to hear this or this or this or this. Wow. I, I love that we're witnessing Mike's first and final appearance on the Jay and Dan podcast. <laughs> well, listen, if she ever hears this, I'll have nothing to do. All right, Mike. Take care, my friend. All right, boys. Thank you so much. See you, buddy. That's Mike Garofolo our NFL Network star reporter. Man, that was fun. What a fun podcast. We had talked to a couple of great guys. and I realized I was looking uh, at the wrong place the entire uh, Skype, but I don't even know if this video gets seen. Well, we're trying. We're trying. Trying. <laughs> uh, Tulsi, I uh, hope you have a great night. Uh, stop. You have fun with your dog. Looks like he's... Uh, he's Dead. It looks like the littlest hobo. He's watching a movie. It does look like the littlest hobo. Uh, if, if you're just listening to this, uh, Stoff has a Skype backdrop and there's a dog sitting at a table. It's Bill Belichick's dog. Yep. Specifically. Yeah. It's Bill Belichick's dog. Uh, yeah. I like the backdrops, Stoff. I think those are pretty cool. I, I, I'm not just picturing Garofolo in a Chuck E. Cheese where instead of a slip and slide with water, it's like a slip and slide with just <laughs> Just snot. <laughs> <laughs> snot and <laughs> he's like why are we here <laughs> who picked this <laughs> well i guess since we're here i'm going on it i'm going down this <laughs> slide <laughs> who's coming on this <laughs> slide with old uncle mikey <laughs> and he picks it three years in a row the same chucky e. cheese i don't know how we ended up here again. <laughs> who wants to come on this <laughs> slide again <laughs> oh boy! Uh, slide. Hey, uh, uh, shout out to um, these guys um, who supplied. They sent us shirts once. Northbound Supply Company, good Canadian right. company. Yes, yes, yes. Very nice stuff. Very nice. So thanks to yeah. them. And um, hey, keep your chin up. Go for a walk. Go do some online shopping. I mean, outside. <laughs> <laughs> what? Do it, on, do it on your porch or something. Yeah, get some fresh air, but then, you know, do some online shopping to support, you know, all these businesses that had to shut down. Yeah. Okay, bye, guys. See ya.
You're listening to the Jay and Dan Podcast. Brought to you by our friends at McDonald's. James Duffy presents the Rubber Boots Podcast. So we're sitting down at our table. The, the waiter comes up. And he's like profusely sweating. <laughs> and this is like 100% his first line to us. He goes, hello. I am not well. I'm very ill. <laughs> you ate there? I came down with it yesterday. I've just not been good. Not good at all. Get it at tsn.ca and anywhere you get your podcasts.